Welcome to First Baptist Church. You're listening to the preaching ministry of Pastor Sherman Burkhead. Please check us out on the internet at fbcboron.org. Hi there, this is Pastor Sherman Burkhead with the First Baptist Church, and this is Grace and Truth, a devotion that is meant to be an encouragement to you, but also to challenge you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ through a time in in the Word and time in prayer. And today is April the 4th, uh, which means tomorrow is Palm Sunday, which is a week from Easter. Tomorrow is the beginning of what is known as Passion Week or or Holy Week, and it gives an Again, as we said, it's Palm Sunday where Jesus actually rides into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey in fulfillment of prophecy, declaring that he is the Messiah. And people will will be excited and they will be putting down palm branches and they and and they shout Hosanna. Um, and this is a time again of celebration because Jesus is acknowledging that he's the Messiah. The king has come into Jerusalem. And also during this week, we have the time where Jesus goes into the temple and he drives out the money changers and he drives out the um, uh, the merchants by making a whip. And then he's flipping over tables and driving people out of the temple. And if you have this picture of a meek and mild Jesus that never gets upset, never raises his voice, you really need to, to read this story. You get a full picture of, of Jesus being righteously indignant and angry. Uh, and then also during that week, we have the Lord's table. This is where Jesus institutes the the ordinance that we celebrate regularly here as a church body, where we partake in the bread and the cup, where Jesus has commanded us to do this in remembrance of, of him. But also during that evening, Jesus did something incredible. He washed his disciples' feet. And this is a picture of, of the service and the love that he has for them. And he instructed us to do likewise. Now, the call isn't for us to necessarily literally wash each other's feet, but it's a call to love each other and to be willing to do whatever it takes to demonstrate our love and and care for one another and to serve each other uh, in whatever capacity we possibly can do so. And then that evening, Jesus is arrested. And then on Friday, Jesus then is tried. He is then led up to Golgotha. He is nailed to the cross. And then he is crucified and he dies on on Friday. His body is then taken down before the the sun sets. And he is laid in in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And the stone is rolled into place. But then three days later... Sunday morning, the stone has been rolled away and the tomb is empty and Jesus had been literally and physically raised from the dead. That is what we celebrate on Easter uh, and that's what we're going to celebrate a week from tomorrow. Now with that, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, his life, death, and resurrection is something we celebrate here all the time because it's the gospel, right? We celebrate and talk about the gospel here all the time. Um, that is the basis of our ministry. We always are talking about the good news that Jesus died for our sins and was resurrected as proof that, that, that what he did actually worked. And that leads me actually to what I'm grateful for. Uh, I personally am grateful for the gospel of Jesus Christ. The fact that God, in spite of someone like me, decided to love me enough to send his son to die on my behalf so that I could have life. That he sent Jesus on a rescue mission to save the likes of me. I'm telling you, the, the, the Trinity is not a mystery to me. <laughs> the incarnation of Christ is not a mystery to me. Right? What's a mystery to me is how God 
can love someone like me, but he has, and I am grateful to God for that. And so every day I wake up grateful for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's certainly my mission to share the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ with everyone that I come in contact with. So that's what I'm grateful for today. What about you? What are you grateful for? I certainly love to hear from you. You can message me or you can email me at fbcboron um, at gmail.com. And uh, I certainly love to, to know what you're grateful for. And if you wouldn't mind, I would certainly love to share uh, what you're grateful for um, online next week. Also, what I'd like to do next week is I have a special edition of Grace and Truth planned called Ask Pastor Sherman. And so if you have questions about our faith or the Bible um, or Christianity in general, I would certainly love to have a shot at answering those questions. Uh, I'd do my best to do that. Um, you can email me your questions at fbcboron at gmail.com, or you can message me your questions. And again, I would do my best to answer as many questions as possible in our time together and give you a biblical response to that. Now, if you have a Bible with you, please uh, take it out and turn with me to Romans chapter 8, and we're going to be reading from verse 31. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. And the word of the Lord reads, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? What a profound question. What an incredible question. What a great verse for us to hold on to during our time of need. But I want to suggest something to you. It's not a matter of if God is for us. In fact, the, the rendering of the word if could be actually rendered as since God is for us. Because the fact of the matter is, is if you're in Christ, then God is for you, right? So it's not a matter of if he's for you, but it's since he's for you. And since God is for us, then the question is, then who can be against us? If God is for you, who can be against you? And the answer to that question simply is this, no one. If God is for you, no one can be against you. If God is for you, nothing can be against you. No one or nothing will ultimately triumph over you or over us. Why? Well, the first reason is because God is completely sovereign. That's why. God is all-powerful. Nothing will ever triumph over you because God is in control. In fact, Romans chapter 8, a few verses earlier in verse 28, reads this way. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Paul says, we know, right? Not we think. We know for a fact that those who love God, those who were in Christ, those who God has called, all things work together for good. Not some things, not most things, all things, even the worst of things, even unimaginable things. God sovereignly works all things out for our good. Everything he works out for our good. God in his omnipotence and his omniscience can take and does take all things all circumstances and work them out for our good. That is why we say that since God is for us, who can be against us? Because everything is within his power. And the promise is, if we love him and belong to him, he's going to work all things out for our good. Secondly, another reason why we can say, if God is for us, who can be against us? Is God is trustworthy. God is dependable. You see, not only is he all-powerful, not only is he sovereign, but we can trust him. We can depend upon him. And the very next verse 
that we have here spells that out. It says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? The fact of the matter is, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is absolute historical proof that we can trust in God. That God of the Old Testament promised that he would make a way to save his people, that he would make a way for us to be redeemed, that he would make a way to set things right. And he did exactly that by sending Christ into the world. Christ came into the world to do what? To save sinners. And his resurrection from the dead, the resurrection that we're going to celebrate next week, is proof that Jesus is what he claimed to be, God in the flesh, and that he can do exactly what he promised to do, which is to save us from our sins. The resurrection is indisputable proof that you can trust God. And yet that's another reason why we can confidently say, if God is for us, then who can be against us? But there's one last reason I'd like to share with you. And that is the fact that God is compassionate. Here's a truth that I think you need to hold on today. Here's a truth that you need to anchor your life to today. God loves you. Let that sink in. Let your heart marinate in that. No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, if you've turned to Christ, God loves you. Right? The God of the universe that loves you. Right? This is not just some little piddly God of your own imagination. The universe is 96 billion light years across. That's the known universe. And our God created all of that, is outside of all of that, is greater than that, transcends that, but at the same time is present everywhere in that. And that God, that unimaginable holy God, loves you and you personally. And not only does he love you, but he proved that he loved you. In fact, in Romans chapter 5, it says, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Who's the ungodly? That's us. We were ungodly. Ungodly means to be unlike God. And that's exactly how we have been. He says, but Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps a good person, one would dare even to die. But God, now I want you to see this. God shows his love for us. How does he show his love for us? In that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Even before we could do anything for God at all, even while we were in rebellion to God, God himself demonstrated his love for us. He made a way for us to be reconciled to him through Christ. God demonstrated his love for us. And how did he do that? He crushed his own son to save us. If God is willing to do that, If he's willing to go to those kind of lengths to save us, then if God be for us, who can be against us? Because God solved our greatest problem. Our greatest problem is the fact that we were all once enemies of God and the wrath of God abided on us and he made a way for us. He changed things. He made a way for us to be forgiven and to be reconciled back to him, not as ex-enemies, but as his family and nothing then will ever change that. As Paul tells us in verse 35 of chapter 8, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, 
or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And then he answers and he says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ, our Lord. If God be for us, if the sovereign God who is trustworthy and loves us is for us, who then can be against us? Let's come together and pray. Father, we love you so very much. We are so grateful to you for your love. We're so grateful to you for your sovereignty. We're so grateful to you for your compassion. We're grateful that we can trust you. Father, now we come before you praying for our community, praying for our country, praying for those who need you desperately. Father, we pray for this virus to be put at an end. We're praying for our country to get back on its feet. We're praying, Lord God, for the first responders and the first line people, Lord God, who are treating people in the medical field, who are at the greatest risk. We're praying that you'd protect them. We also pray for those who have been afflicted and that you would heal them and get them the medical attention that they need, Lord God, that you would help them, Lord, to, to overcome this physical ailment, that you would put it to death, Lord, and that your people would live. We pray, Lord God, also for those who have essential jobs, who are there exposed to the community, and that you would help them, Lord, to be protected and protect their families as well. We pray, Lord, also for those who have been affected financially, Lord, you'd provide for their needs and help them to pay their bills, Lord. We pray, Father, that you would help them to stay solvent, Lord God, we pray for the companies who are struggling to, to survive now. We pray for our country, Lord, whose economy is, is limping along. We pray, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for your church. Lord, as our buildings sit empty, we understand that technology has afforded us the ability to connect. But, Father, we are not gathered as your people yet. Lord, restore the time for us to come back together and to fellowship with one another and to love on each other and to shake hands and to hug each other, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to come back and corporately worship you as your people, Lord, as you have declared. Yes, the church is deployed, but it always has been. Help us, Lord God, also now to gather once again in your name to glorify you. Father, we pray for revival also through this, that you would use this as a time you can do all things and you work all things out for the counsel of your will, for your glory, and for the good of your people. And we pray that you'd use this, Lord God, to bring revival to this country and to this world. And that people would hear the gospel and repent and believe that you would change their hearts. And that, Father, they would turn and believe, Lord. We pray for the lost. We pray for those who do not know you. That they would hear the gospel and be transformed. We thank you for that. Father, we give you the praise and all the honor and the glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. As always, I want you to know you are loved, you are prayed for, and you are deeply missed. Grace and peace, we will we'll see you soon.
You've been listening to the preaching ministry of Pastor Sherman Burkhead, a production of First Baptist Church in Boron, California. Our website address is fbcboron.org. And would you please consider partnering with us financially as we work to share the hope and the gospel of Jesus Christ with our community and our world.